Hello, hello, and welcome back to Black O'Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Nine Perfect Strangers, the mini-series on Hulu. This is episode five, Sweet Surrender, written by David E. Kelly, directed once again by Jonathan Levine. I actually really like this episode. I gave it a solid nine out of ten, mainly because um, there are a little bit of twists and the continued delving of the characters and their their um, particular traumas is very fascinating to watch unfold totally shipping francis and tony love those two uh, i did not write any notes for this episode so i am not going to be going scene by scene but mainly through our characters and since we started with the marconis we will stick with them first I always forget her name. I know Heather's the mother, Napoleon's the father, and I want to say their daughter's name is Zoe. There we go. Comes back to me because I have to think of my my sister's dog because <laughs> her name is Zoe. But Zoe ends up seeing her brother, and she is being dosed, is my guess, or she just had a moment. I'm not sure. Because it didn't seem like she was going to get any drugs until the 21st birthday. But I felt like last night, or last episode, they uh, they dosed to everybody. So I'm not sure. But she sees Zach and he's like, why are you telling everybody we weren't close? She breaks down and says that she misses him. That she is, in fact, lonely. She never knew what lonely or being lonely felt like until he was gone. Her talking alerts her mother heather and she comes in and they all know that this is going to be a pretty fragile 21st birthday but it does start with dad napoleon trying to make everyone you know happy and embrace life because he's i thought remember i thought he was gonna be a serial killer (laughs) three episodes back but he just wants them to be happy again and that is his goal the entire episode is getting his wife heather to maybe move past the the fragility of this day and start embracing the power of it heather goes running a lot i would love to one day just go running as casually as i see people in movies running (laughs) i'm waiting to have that amount of attractiveness to the activity where i just be sprinting away she sees her son but she's trying to avoid and that's the thing with heather and i think that amy and zoe have broken through is they're ready to confront the same in the way that tony is confronting all of the things that he's been burying inside of them she's got feelings she's been burying inside and she's not ready to confront them but napoleon and zoe are more more open to that idea she spends some time in the steam room whatever you want to call that in that cave i don't know about going in there (laughs) i don't know who would like going in there that doesn't seem like a place i would like to be but i also am black and i'd be very considered concerned anyway about my hair getting all frizzy in that environment i don't know how Dee's hair looks so good but it does but then again i never see her in there 
be that as it may she does reveal that she saw her brother and Lars is kind of like you shouldn't be alone with this and she says I'm not alone and he's all oh I'm the camp counselor as he mentioned earlier you know the drugs have definitely given him less of an edge and we get to know a little bit more about his own story the fact that he realized that he was gay very early on something he was bullied about his father completely disowned him blamed his mother for him being gay and then left her and he's had to deal with as he mentioned to carmel years of psychotherapy to deal with the scars left behind just because he has a different sexual attraction than a great deal of other people which is kind of uh, i will never ever get all the isms <laughs> because it never makes sense so that's unfortunate to hear but he shares that with her so she opens to him and their friendship is rather kind of deepen napoleon and heather for the most part they jump off of a waterfall <laughs> they do a lot of talking but it's just about you know grief and moving past that and you know it's a celebratory day it's his 21st birthday it's her 21st birthday she shouldn't have to the daughter have to be surrounded by the tragedy of his loss and not be able to enjoy the years that she's gaining because of the trauma that happened so i like that whole particular arc but lars is still reporting he got that phone hidden <laughs> and he's reporting to someone that yeah she's definitely dosing us but he does seem a little bit more open to the idea of what is happening and it seems like masha is courting it because she does mention to d earlier in the episode that we're at the precipice of something very important and i'm guessing it's the introduction of this breakthrough you know uh i keep forgetting what they keep calling it the syllabic or something to that effect i'm still not with the whole consent after the fact that still feels a little shaky to me <laughs> you know uh yeah i still wanted to be asked first but lars also admits that he had a very fevered dream when napoleon admits that he had imagined himself a beetle in the audience and he had a dream in which he gave birth and they were all there all of the residents which that that makes sense because people around you always show up in your dreams but the funniest bit is the fact that tony was the father he gets upset about this because he was crying and everything but this seems to be a revelation for lars and he mentions that he and his lover ryan broke up over the fact that he's ready his significant other is ready to have children and lars is not he said it wasn't for him and it's because of his particular childhood speaking of lars we might as well go bounce over to lars and carmel since they kind of connect after the marconis uh, i guess the last thing i'll say about zoe is the fact that at the party once again uh, as they're celebrating her and she gives this toast about how close she was to her brother she sees him appearing sitting with a candle in his hand and this makes masha very happy she whispers in her ear in russian 
that he's here and you're the key and she's very excited about that i'm not sure why but there we go moving back to lars because he has these kind of breakthroughs with zoe and his dream when he meets up with carmel in the middle of her breakdown he's able to really calm her down and talk to her as a person now carmel has been freaking out and she has a lot of repressed anger and i understand to some extent but she is even when she remembers the song from their wedding she stabs a fork into the table she seems rather homicidal and you know you have d just take it away <laughs> utensils like you could have the spoon <laughs> and everyone's looking at her and she's embarrassed like i don't know why i should be upset about that it was a beautiful day she just has a very compromised viewpoint of her life with this man and it's that resentment she doesn't allow out that just manifests itself in the most and she knows it too in the the worst type of ways as she's walking down to the to enjoy the hot tub ben and jessica who haven't done much they seem to be the one couple that she just invited what the, what the fuck is up with that <laughs> and i'm starting to get the vibe that masha may just like to adopt couples i don't know but she hasn't had too much interaction with ben and jessica other than hey jessica wants some drugs ben's like yeah i'm cool watching everybody's drama this is awesome it was like he gave birth <laughs> they're, the, they're definitely the comedic relief of the bunch but yeah maybe that's why they they needed a very what's the word uh minimal damaged couple or a person to show up and they seem to have come to conclusions very quickly on their own just to touch base with them you know they're just walking it's a beautiful place they seem to just be reconnecting to the relationship of being simple and just having each other and he's totally into that but they also really like masha and the environment so i don't know maybe she just uh pulled them for the lifestyle <laughs> especially after well we'll talk about the bermuda triangle later on but back to lars and carmel she is upset to see them fucking doesn't like to see people happy and she says she is very sick of it she's very very sick of it and laura says look i've got history enough to be a camp counselor right now you need to disassociate with him from him you are angry you're festering but that's only going to take you so far and the person that you're that is hurting the most is you he's living his life he's got your children you gotta find a way to make peace with what has happened what was done to you all of those things and you definitely need to do it by becoming indifferent to this man like stop rubbing yo the the wound he gave you that feels way more like a wound and abuse than it does a love tap i ain't never seen a love tap that gotta leave like if you actually break in the skin that's that's too much that's too much <laughs> so i like the fact that he was just there for her 
and then he even made a joke like oh i thought you were going to the hot springs well not after you fucking told me savages <laughs> i don't want to go there people fucking in the hot tub i wouldn't either though i'd be thinking ew germs <laughs> his seed is gonna be floating around somewhere i'm good and then later on you know he uh takes it upon herself at the the dinner to dance with her which leads us to our other burgundine couple which is francis and tony francis is hysterical she came in fucked up <laughs> she woke up fucked up and uh the last thing she remembers is that oatmeal going in front of her and then she has a dream or hallucination in which Yao tells her someone's waiting for her. It's the guy Dave that ripped her off for her money. But during this uh, exchange, because he's like, here, here's your money back in interest. You know, the thing that he was hung up on was the fact that she was a horrible writer. <laughs> like your work is such like it's hollow. And this actually resonates with her more than the actual breakup. Like, yeah, I've been played for a fool. But to say that, I think that and the the writing thing happening at the same time spiled her more. And she realized that she needs to get in touch with some authentic truth to write about. Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, the trash writers are out there. You'll never, ever, ever, ever get me to say anything nice about the, um, what did they make that movie about? Fifty Shades of Grey? That is the most horrid writing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> if I could get away with that in writing school, I would have, but I couldn't because they don't allow you to write in first person. So, with that being said, it's okay to make billions of dollars off of you know trash hey people buy what they buy i'm jealous if i'm being thoroughly honest i could say it sucks all day long <laughs> still made some money <laughs> like i wish i could put my worst shit out there and it'd be successful do you think i would care if people would call a shit up like yeah i know <laughs> but i'm cashing these checks to the bank so i think that really hurt her to come to this conclusion that even past the 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 man it's more about her writing that hurts the most and then she wakes up in her oatmeal <laughs> and she's in la la land and yao's like yeah i think we need to reduce your dose and tony's like you think and tony wants to take her back to her room but d wanted to take her back and she tells tony to fuck off and Tony's like, well, that's a real nice language. And I'm like, Tony, you were an asshole to everybody. If someone tells you to fuck off, <laughs> you don't even need an apology. I don't think she should even apologize. Like, I had to deal with all of your shit. Um, but I get it. She's like, fuck off. I'm doing my job. Would you let me do my job? But she's also feeling guilty because she's uneasy about these next steps, which leads us, I guess... Um, to the Bermuda Triangle. And then we could just leave it off with Francis Tony because that's a happy note. Uh, so she goes to see Masha when she summoned. Masha had a moment when she was in her swim lesson. <laughs> her swim meditation. I'm not I'm not a meditator. 
Like, I'm not saying these things don't work. I'm saying I don't have the life and luxury to do all some of the things that people be trying to put out there in, you know, upper class society. Like, just meditate and just do some yoga and do, yeah, yeah, that, it may have some type of effect, but your mind needs to fucking be there. And just people don't have that. (laughs) I feel as if you need to be in a certain space for that to be successful. But that was just, um, I was redirecting there. What's weird is she, one, every time I see Nicole Kim in, she's wet. She's starting to be like the character, um, what's her face? Gail in Foundation, where I'm like, I need to just get a towel all the time. She comes to their room while they sleeping and rubs them and says, my loves, I've been ignoring you. I forgot about the trauma. And she realizes that D really did have some trauma because apparently someone died at the uh at the facility probably because of too much drugs and (laughs) knowing that happened that gives so much more credence to d being like yeah maybe we should be cautious you're telling me to trust you i did that already and someone died telling me to ask you to trust you again you gotta deal with the fact that you're only gonna get maybe 75 percent so the twist here is she knows that D is not fine. She pushes her to say what's wrong. She wants her to stop fucking her boyfriend. Amen to that shit. I don't blame her for feeling that way. Until the heifer gonna kiss her. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? Excuse me? Y'all too? And then Masha's like, uh, yeah. Like, can you disconnect? So they, they're in a triangle except Masha is sleeping with Yao and she's sleeping with Yao's girlfriend but Yao doesn't know about the second relationship this is so weird and unhealthy talking about are you on your dosage because and she ain't on her dosage that's why she gonna lose her shit it said it's very dangerous my thing is if I need to be constantly dosed with this is it really yeah i'm not i don't care what they're trying to convince me here (laughs) it's not enough medical professionals to make me comfortable and that's where my issue continues to be and i don't think you should be having to dose up every day living your life in a blur like shouldn't it be from what i heard about the reading of these type of therapies they're like not a consistent thing right like they'll be used in some form with therapy but it wouldn't be like a lifestyle choice afterwards where you have to be on your dosage or you're going to spin out of control like and i know that's with other type of drugs but those are you know not illegal ones (laughs) or highly more addicted ones like that so yeah i think that there's some irresponsibility in the message being sent here but then d and yao have this non non-physical sex and while it was hot i, I enjoyed watching it also kind of was thinking this would be better if it actually was physical
mainly because I wanted to vicariously live through um D <laughs> cause y'all be so fine you be so fine <laughs> and then they danced later and she was looking beautiful but the fact that Masha pulled both these fine ass people that is a little annoying <laughs> cause she's got some mysterious way about her that makes everyone feel safe but she seems to have secrets of her own one that person that killed her or shot her had some weird looking eye um we didn't know about the person that died before you know and so maybe someone has a right to be angry at her maybe it's that family member of the person that died Lars, I think he's pretty. I think he's pretty uh, transparent about what he wants with just the story. So unless there's a plot twist with that, I don't. I don't know who could it be. Probably someone we haven't seen too much of. And then it's just gonna be like, "Wow, I'm the I'm the one, bitch." <laughs> Let's go back to Francis and Tony. He takes her back to her room, and he's so sweet. He gets all of the oatmeal out of her hair. She tells him about the hallucination. And he's like, look, I read a snippet, but you're a fantastic writer. (laughs) And then she's like, you, you know, you were a, probably a really great football player. And uh, things get a little close between them. And it looks like she's going in for a kiss, but she's like, no, I have to vomit. (laughs) He's like, okay, I'm going to go. She finds him later while he is meditating and all of the things that he's done and been through. He's trying to move past them. He's trying to confront them, but he's afraid. And uh, he admits after she brings up like what's going on with, you know, what? with you and the Lars situation like why were you upset and he says yeah well I miss both of my children being born the first one yeah uh I had a game I was at work but the second one I was high and while this place is crazy and I don't approve I'm off the oxy I'm confronting things that I didn't realize is the reason why I'm on the oxy (laughs) and it's not just for my knee I'm an addict um but what concerns her is the fact that he's like i don't think i can do it and it found it sounded like he was having a suicidal thought and she says i don't have to be concerned about you but i ain't but i do i want you to kind of the same like way she said earlier like i can take care of this stuff out of my hair not that i don't like you doing it they're so cute i like them <laughs> I love people who hate each other at first and then they get t- together. It's such a trope, but it works. It works for the ages. It's the reason why it's a trope. But then them dancing, they definitely are getting closer. And I think it's sweet that you would find something real in rehab. <laughs> I know that sounded sarcastic, but I truly mean it. Um the group is closer together and sharing things with each other they seem to enjoy each other's company way more than they previously did i am i'm not just not sure about me going to a place and talking to everybody about everyone's problems 
I'd probably be the one in there, completely the great listener, and never talk. <laughs> I don't know if this is my eclectic style of therapy, is all I'm saying. So if you want to send some feedback for our sixth episode, blackgirlcouch at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, black girl magic.